0: This is Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 190. This week, we discuss the history of the Song of the Year Grammy, review Paul McCartney and Eminem's new albums, and we make the case for putting Jane's Addiction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Before we get into it, let's take care of a little business here, shall we? Some of the music for this podcast was written and produced by songwriter and producer, Hey Joe C. As always, you can find the full versions of her songs that are played here along with the rest of her music on her SoundCloud. We also did a four part podcast series where we went through all of her music track by track. You can check out my podcast called The Evolution of Hey Joe C for those. They were very popular. And I may end up reposting those sometime in the next couple weeks, actually. Hey Joe C is also a model, has an Instagram and a Patreon. So just click her links to all of her other projects in this podcast show notes. We will also be doing a 2020 Year in Review episode next week, that being January 4th, because the year doesn't actually end until December 31st, and things still happen up until then, even if other podcasts and publications don't think so, because they're on vacation this week. Go figure. Of course, they all missed the Nashville bombing, but let's see, that's what happens. Let's go over a couple of other items of note. The first is that starting this Friday, that being January 1st, New Year's Day, the Friday podcast will be a weekly podcast highlights show where I take some segments from this past week's podcast along with giving a preview of some upcoming podcasts, which leads me to the second item of business. I have also now started and will activate this week, January 1st, a Patreon page where I have a couple of tiers going at the moment. Tier 1 will give you all of these podcasts that you listen to, along with a minimum of three extra podcasts per month that will not be for the general public. Those podcasts on that tier will be the Top Albums podcast, the Top Singles podcast, and the Top Dance Songs podcast. That tier will cost $5 per month. There may also be another podcast or two thrown in on that tier. It depends on the month, but those three podcasts are guaranteed each month, and those will be $5 U.S., for tier two, you will get all of those podcasts, the free ones plus all the paid ones from the tier one, along with a minimum of three additional, at least, podcasts per month. And that tier is going to be $10 per month. The additional podcasts on that tier will be the Top Dance Songs by Decade podcast, the Awards Show History podcast and the Music and Concert Venues podcast. There may also be another podcast thrown into that tier as well that will only be for that tier. Much like Tier 1, it all depends on the month, but those three podcasts are guaranteed each month for Tier 2 only. As far as OnlyFans go, that will become a $10 per month subscription, which will have the Tier 2 podcasts. That will basically work out too if you're on tier one, a minimum, minimum that is, of 47 podcasts per month, and tier two will have a minimum of 50 podcasts per month. And I will post the links to all of that in the show notes. On to the other regular news of the week. For starters, Congress pine- finally passed a COVID relief bill, sort of. In that bill was the Save Our Stages Act, which has, quote, $15 billion U.S. in dedicated funding for live venues, independent movie theaters, and cultural institutions, end quote, according to an email from House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. The bill also had a provision that would have made it a felony to operate an illegal streaming platform. Unfortunately, it did not include the HITS Act, which would have let people deduct their production expenses like the movie and TV industries enjoy for that little tax break. Supposedly, that will actually be passed at some point in 2021. Don't hold your breath. Unfortunately, though, Donald Trump then basically decided that he wasn't going to sign the bill and so no one's going to get the help now. So, yeah. New Year's Eve is this Friday for those of you who have been in lockdown for so long that you've forgotten what day it is. For some of you, that means going to parties and raves followed by spending the month of January wondering why your city's back in lockdown or why the number of cases and deaths have skyrocketed. Here's a little hint. Probably because you all went out for partying and raving when you probably should not have. For the vast majority of people, though, New Year's Eve this year is going to mean getting together with people on Zoom, being responsible, and holding virtual parties or watching a ball drop, probably with archived footage of people partying, because it's always good when the media rubs in what you could have been doing. This could have been us, but you play in 2020. There are some things to watch, either online or on TV, including Exit, who will be doing a whole day of Archive Festival sets that will be worth checking out. Unlike other live streams, theirs will not only have your usual DJ, EDM acts, but they will also have rock and metal acts. The uh, Exifest.org website will have the information on that. Not ExitFest, Exifest. I'll throw that into the show notes. Justin Bieber is going to do a live virtual concert that you will have to pay for. So you can go to his website for more information. And of course, there will be the usual New Year's Eve shows on TV, on CNN with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen this year, I believe, and ABC. That would be the Dick Clark's New Year's Rockin' Eve, even though Dick Clark has been dead for almost a decade. Also, I am sure that your favorite Twitch or YouTube streamers will be doing some things as well. I know Insomniac has something planned, although they haven't really said what as of yet, but I'm sure they're going to have something good. So... At least you'll be entertained this New Year's Eve. The Recording Academy announced their Lifetime Achievement Grammys, which will be handed out during the Grammy ceremony on January 31st. The winners are Hip Hop Pioneers, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and salt and pepa Also, opera singer Marilyn Horne, jazz great Lionel Hampton, Tejano superstar Selena, and the legendary Talking Heads. The Trustees Award went to singer-producer Kenny Babyface Edmonds, recording engineer Ed Cherney, and jazz composer Benny Golson. And digital tech pioneer Daniel Weiss got the Technical Achievement Award. Also, the Grammys announced that 29 songs will be inducted into the Grammy Hall of Fame this year, that will also be done during that ceremony. The 29 songs are... Eau Claire de la Lune from Edouard Leon Scott de Martinville. That was back in 1860 as a single, not an album. John Mayle and the Blues Breakers with Eric Clapton. The album Blues Breakers came out in 1966. Linda Ronstan's 1987 album, Canciones de Mi Padre. Betty Wright's single from 1971, Clean Up Woman. Fletcher Henderson and his orchestra's 1924 to 1925 single, Copenhagen. Everybody's favorite go to karaoke song, and also the ending song for The Sopranos finale. Journey's 1981 single, Don't Stop Believin'. Also, Elizabeth Cotton's 1958 single, Freight Train. Bruce Springsteen's 1973 debut album, Greetings from Asbury Park, New Jersey. Patti Smith's 1975 album, Horses. Isaac Hayes' 1969 album, Hot Buttered Soul. Dr. John's 1973 album, In the Right Place. The Beastie Boys with their 1976 or 1986 album, License to Ill. Joe Cocker's 1970 album, Mad Dogs and Englishmen. The Cannonball Adderley Quintet's 1966 album, Mercy, 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 Live at the Club. Leonard Bernstein with the Philharmonia Orchestra of London's 1948 album, Revelle. Piano Concerto in G Minor. Also, the Kolitsch String Quartet's 1940-ish album, since they don't know the exact day that that came out. But the name of the album is Schoenberg, The Four String Quartets. Also, Peter Gabriel's 1986 classic album, So... Billie Holiday's 1941 single, Solitude. Pearl Jam's 1991 album, Ten. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble's 1983 album, Texas Flood. The Cars with their 1978 debut album, The Cars. Nice and easy. Kenny Rogers' 1978 classic, The Gambler. Rest in peace to the late, great Kenny Rogers, who passed away this year. The Low End Theory from A Tribe Called Quest, their classic alternative rap 1991 album. Irma Thomas, 1964 single, Time Is On My Side. Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstanton, Emmylou Harris's 1987 album, Trio. USA for Africa's 1985 charity classic single, We Are The World. Kansas Joe and Memphis Minnie's 1929 single, When the Levy Breaks, Vernon Dalhart's 1924 single, Wreck of the Old 97, and The Village People with their 1978 single and Trump campaign theme song for some weird reason, YMCA. I'm still trying to figure that one out, but that's a whole other issue. Also, DJ Mag handed out its Best of Britain awards this past week. The winners, who, by the way, all have to be from the UK, not Dutchland or anywhere else for that matter, America, the Netherlands, etc., etc. That's why you would expect some other people to have gotten these awards, but no, they're all British. God bless them. The winners were Breakthrough DJ, Ans, Breakthrough Producer, India Jordan, Break Best, MC Vocalist, Gets, Breakthrough MC Vocalist, Millions, Best Label, Kiwi Records, Breakthrough Label, To Be Real, Best Album, Hudson Mohawk's BBHE, Best Track, Biceps Atlas, Best DJ, Sherelle, Best Producer, Hudson Mohawk, Best compilation: Josie Rebel with Josie in Space. Best remix slash edit: Floating Points Bias, the Mayfield Depot mix. Best rap album mixtape: D Double E with the D O N, Double or Nothing. Best rap track: Unknown T with Fresh Home. Best music video: Fortet's Baby. Best Solo Stream Series, Carl Cox's Cabin Fever. Best Multi-Artist Stream Series, Keep Hush. Best Virtual Festival, Defective. Best Radio Show, The One Extra Rap Show with Tiffany Culver. Culver, I should say. BBC Radio, One Extra. The Soldier on the Scene, which is for social activism. That's DJ Hype. Outstanding Contribution represents Radio, Innovation and Excellence Sports Banger, and the Game Changer, Grime Great Dizzy Rascal with Boy in the Corner, XL Records from 2003. R. Kelly has had his trial on child pornography and witness tampering postponed until September twenty third, two 2021 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. He has actually been in jail since 2019 awaiting trial. There were a few big passings to pass along for this past week, along with one extra note. One person was killed and five others were injured during a music video shoot this past week in Lynn, Massachusetts, which is north-northwest of Boston, Massachusetts, just out of the city limits, about 11 miles out, actually. Rest in peace to K.T. Oslin. K.T. was a big country music artist in the 1980s and 90s. K.T.'s biggest hits included 80s Ladies, Come Next Monday, Didn't Expect It to Go Down This Way, and tons more. KT had Parkinson's disease and had caught COVID only a week before she passed away. However, it is unclear which one or both or if either contributed to her passing. KT Oslin was 78 years old. Rest in peace to Chad Stewart. Chad was part of the 1960s folk pop duo Chad and Jeremy They had hits like Yesterday's Gone, "A Summer's Song, If I Loved You, and Willow Weep For Me. Chad passed away from non-COVID-related pneumonia. Chad Stewart was 79 years old. Rest in peace to Leslie West. Leslie was the guitarist in the band Mountain, whose song Mississippi Queen is considered a rock music classic. It's also a staple on classic rock music radio stations worldwide. No cause of death was officially announced. However, Leslie had fallen into a coma after having a heart attack last week. Leslie West was 75 years old. Rest in peace to John Ecstasy Fletcher. John was a founding member of the 80s hip-hop group Houdini who had hits like The Freaks Come Out at Night, Five Minutes of Funk, Big Mouth, and Friends. Houdini songs have been sampled by virtually every hip-hop artist. Fletcher was also known as the one who wore the black Zorro hat. John's cause of death was not officially announced. John Ecstasy Fletcher was 56 years old. And rest in peace to Ivring Gitlis. Ivring was an acclaimed classical violinist. He also worked to help make classical music more accessible to everyday people by playing with rock groups like the Rolling Stones. He also played with jazz groups, founded a French music festival, and was the first Israeli musician to play in Russia during the Cold War era, back when it was called the Soviet Union. Ivring Gitless was 98 years old. This week, we're going to talk about another of the Big Four prestigious Grammy Awards, Song of the Year. Like the Record of the Year category, the Song of the Year has normally not been too controversial. Given out as one of the original categories when the Grammys started out in the late 1950s, the vast majority of the songs that have been nominated have gone on to either been considered some of the greatest singles of all time or are still getting played on streaming services and radio stations worldwide. Of the 61 winners of the Song of the Year Grammy, 32 of them also won Record of the Year. Song of the Year is awarded to the songwriters of the song. That's why a lot of the times you'll think that, say, Adele has won the award, but people who you don't recognize will go up on stage with her. As it is, more times than not, the performer of the winning song has also been a part of the writing team. For this podcast's sake, I will mention the performer who performed the song, not all of the songwriters for each song because sometimes there's literally 10 different songwriters. Also, when I mention the year, it's for the year of the music since the award usually gets handed out the year after and that's usually early in the year. Usually these cases... January or February. For instance, even though the first Grammy was technically handed out in 1959 with Volare, it was given for music that was recorded in 1958. Therefore, I'll say that Volare won in 1958. As far as the multiple winners of the award, there have been a few who have won it twice, although no one as of yet is a three-time winner. Performers of the winning song, who have won twice, include Adele, Henry Mancini, Johnny Johnny Mercer, James Horner, Will Jennings, and U2. Also, songs written for Barbara Streisand, Bette Midler, Roberta Flack, and Andy Williams have won twice. There have been seven Best New Artist winners who have also won Song of the Year in the same year. Those artists being Christopher Cross, Fun, Marvin Hamlish, Amy Winehouse, Alicia Keys, Billie Eilish, and Sam Smith. There have only been two artists who have won the Big Four Awards for Best New Artist, Record, Song, and Album of the Year in the same year at the same ceremony. They were Christopher Cross in 1980 and Billie Eilish in 2019. Adele pulled off the same wins, but she did each win in different years. The number of nominees has stayed at five artists for the most part. In 2018, the nominees went up to eight artists. The first woman to win the award was Carol King in 1971 for the song You've Got a Friend. Out of 61 winning songs, only 18 of them had female songwriters. A quick look at the winners list will tell you that the Academy loves adult contemporary ballads, standards, and music from movies. The theme from the movie Exodus was actually the first movie song to win. It was the second song to win song of the year overall in 1959. It's also the only instrumental song to ever win at least so far. Other movies to have their songs win include Titanic, The Way We Were, Breakfast at Tiffany's, A Star is Born, the Barbra Streisand version, not the new one with Lady Gaga, An American Tale, Cocktail, Beaches, Rush, and Batman Forever. Since the new millennium, no song from a movie has taken the award. There have been two charity songs that have won. We Are the World for Ethiopian Famine Relief won in 1985, and That's What Friends Are For won in 1986. That song was originally written for the Michael Keaton movie Night Shift a couple of years earlier and sung by Rod Stewart. The song was not released as a single, though, so it became eligible for Song of the Year when it was sung and released by Gladys Knight, Elton John, Stevie Wonder, and Dionne Warwick for AIDS Research. The first winner of the category was Domenico Modugno for his song Volare. That song was not only the first winner that had a solo performing artist writing his own winning song by himself, but it's also the only all-foreign-language song to win the award as it is sung in Italian. No rock song, per se, or at least hard rock, has won the award. Much like the Record of the Year Grammy, if any rock bands did win, it was for a ballad, such as The Beatles with Michelle in 1966 or Eric Clapton with Tears in Heaven in 1992 and Change the World in 1996. Beautiful Day from U2 and Smooth from Santana is about as rocking as you're going to get for this award. EDM has never won one, even during the year that Daft Punk won Album of the Year. Hip Hop finally won one in 2018 when Childish Gambino's This Is America won. By Country, songwriters from the United States have won 45 times, while the United Kingdom has won 13 times. In this past decade, it was evenly split between the two countries, although Adele won two of them for England's side. Yay, Britannia! As I said before, Domenico Madugno won the first award in 1958 with Valare. Jimmy Driftwood won the second award in 1959 for the Battle of New Orleans. The 1960s started out with Ernest Gold's instrumental theme from Exodus, then had Henry Mancini's Moon River, Sammy Davis Jr.'s What Kind of Fool Am I, Henry Mancini's Days of Wine and Roses, Louis Armstrong's Hello, Dolly, Tony Bennett's The Shadow of Your Smile, The Beatles' Michelle, The Fifth Dimension's Up, Up, and Away, Roger Miller's Little Green Apples, and ended with Joe South's Games People Play. Simon and Garfunkel won in 1970 for Bridge Over Troubled Water. The rest of the 70s shook out with winners being songs like Carol King's You've Got a Friend, Roberta Flack's The First Time Ever I Saw Your Face followed right after that with Roberta winning again for Killing Me Softly with His Song, Barbra Streisand's The Way We Were, Judy Collins' Send in the Clowns, Barry Manilow's I Write the Songs, Debbie Boone's You Light Up My Life, Barbara Streisand's Evergreen, that was the one from A Star is Born, Billy Joel's Just the Way You Are, and ended with the Doobie Brothers for What a Fool Believes, which was co-written by Kenny Loggins, he of Top Gun and Caddyshack fame. As the nineteen eighties rolled around, the winners were Christopher Cross's Sailing, Kim Carnes's Betty Davis Eyes, Willie Nelson's Always on My Mind, The Police's Every Breath You Take, Tina Turner's What's Love Got To Do With It, USA for Africa's We Are the World, which was written by Michael Jackson and Lionel Richie, Dion Elton's Stevie and Gladys's song That's What Friends Are For, Linda Ronstant and James Ingram's Somewhere Out There Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy, and Bette Midler's Wind Beneath My Wings. Bette Midler followed up Wind Beneath My Wings with a win in 1990 for the song From a Distance. Other winners of that decade were Natalie and Nat King Cole's Unforgettable, Eric Clapton's Tears in Heaven, Peebo Bryson and Regina Bell's A Whole New World, Bruce Springsteen's Streets of Philadelphia, Seals' Kiss from a Rose, Eric Clapton's Changed the World, Sean Colvin's Sonny Came Home, Celine Dion's My Heart Will Go On, and Santana and Rob Thomas from Matchbox 20's Smooth, by the way, in case you're wondering, a technicality managed to get Natalie and Nat King Cole's Unforgettable in as Song of the Year, even though Nat King Cole took that song to the top of the charts way back when, almost about, oh, 30-some-odd years ago, before this particular win for the exact same song. Again, technicality. The New Millennium dawned with U2's Beautiful Day winning the 2000 award. The first decade of the new century had, as other winners, Alicia Keys' Fallen. Nora Jones's Don't Know Why. Luther Vandross's Dance With My Father, co-written by 80 superstar Richard Marks. John Mayer's Daughters, U2 Again, This Time for Sometimes You Can't Make It On Your Own. The Dixie Chicks with Not Ready to Make Nice, Amy Winehouse's Rehab, Coldplay's Viva La Vida, and ended the decade with Beyonce putting a ring on it, Single Ladies. This past decade had Lady Antebellum, now Lady A's Need You Now, Adele's Rolling in the Deep, Fun and Janelle Monae's We Are Young, Lords' Royals, Sam Smith's Stay With Me, Ed Sheeran's Thinking Out Loud, Adele's Hello, Bruno Mars' That's What I Like, Childish Gambino's This Is America and finished off this past decade with a win for an American as Billie Eilish's Bad Guy won Best Song. So, who will win this upcoming year? That's a really good question. The nominees are, for Song of the Year for the upcoming awards, Black Parade, Denise Al- Andrews, Beyonce, Stephen Bray, Sean Carter, Brittany Coney, Derek James Dixie, Akil King, Kim Cadence, Crucic, and Ricky Casso Tice songwriters, Beyonce, the Performer. See, some nominees actually do have 10 award nominations. Go figure. Also, by the way, The Box. Samuel Glode and Roderick Moore, songwriters, better known as Roddy Rich. Cardigan, Aaron Dressner and Taylor Swift, songwriters, Taylor Swift performing. Circles, Louis Bell, Adam Feeney, Khan. Gunsberg, Austin Post, and Billy Walsh songwriters, Post Malone, the performer. Don't Start Now, Caroline Aylin, Ian Kirkpatrick, Dua Lipa, and Emily Warren songwriters, Dua Lipa, the performer. Everything I Wanted, Billy Eilish O'Connell, and Phineas O'Connell songwriters, obviously Billy Eilish, the performer. I Can't Breathe, Emile Emil II, Her and Tiara Thomas, songwriters, Her the performer. If the World Was Falling, Julia Michaels and J.P. Sachs, songwriters, J.P. Sachs featuring Julia Michaels, the performers. The tide was shifting a little towards more daring songs and from different genres other than adult contemporary. It looks like the Grammys took one song from each of the main genres this year, but for the most part, they kind of played it safe. The biggest controversy this time around, at least, is that everyone's odds on favorite to win the award for Song of the Year, The Weeknd's Blinding Light, wasn't even nominated. Same for anything from the Dixie Chicks' latest album. Otherwise, Kind of looks like business as usual for this category, but at least it's not all adult contemporary this time. This week, we're going to make the case for putting Jane's Addiction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. To the tail of the tape we go. In their 35-year on-and-off career, since they stopped for a while, became porno for pyros for a little while, and then got back to it, Jane's Addiction put out four studio albums, three of which went top 20. They've also put out 18 singles, 11 of which went top 30 on the U.S. Alternative chart, with three of those going number one. Led by lead singer Perry Farrell, Jane's is one of the pioneers of alternative metal and helped to blow the doors wide open for alternative music to take over in the 1990s with songs like Been Caught Stealing, Jane Says, and True Nature. If you were an alt-rock band in the 1990s, like Smashing Pumpkins, Incubus, System of a Down, and others, then you were more than likely influenced by Jane's Addiction. Also, let's not forget that Perry Farrell helped to start a little something that helped out musical artists in a big way over the past few decades, the Lollapalooza Festival. The group has been nominated for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame before, but did not make the final list. My belief, though, is that for their influence over 90s music alone, Jane's Addiction more than deserves induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Back in 2003, a Dance Music Hall of Fame was formed. It was started by John Parker of Robbins Entertainment. He enlisted the help of a few other industry vets, and they held an annual dinner in New York City. They split the hall into artists, records, producers, DJs, remixers, and non-performers. They started off okay with a bunch of disco artists, but the hall only lasted for two years before they stopped inducting people. Well, yours truly is bringing it back. Sort of. I am starting my own Dance Music Hall of Fame, only I'm expanding the idea. This hall will be known as the EDM Hall of Fame. My criteria will be for any inductee as follows first it's anybody who's been in the EDM business for at least 10 years that means vocalists DJs producers remixes or remixers and ra- record labels it also means that your more popular guys from the 2010s like the chain smokers will not be eligible for a while Got to be around at least 10 years in order for me to consider you for a Hall of Fame. Second, we'll concentrate on what people know as EDM today. Trance, house, trip-hop, dubstep, etc. However, we're also going to induct artists who were either part of what was considered EDM in the 1980s and 90s, i.e. techno, synth-pop, Eurodance, Certain Dance and R&B, New Jack Swing, Freestyle, Big Beat, or who influenced EDM genres such as disco and funk back in the 1970s. We're also going to induct albums, songs, and technology that were important to EDM and had an impact on EDM. This is, of course, my Hall of Fame and not an official one, so my opinion is strictly mine. It would be nice, though, if someone finally did do an actual Dance Music Hall of Fame and put it somewhere. Anywhere. Europe. New York. Doesn't matter. Just do one, finally. Armin Van Helden was born in Boston, Massachusetts. As a child, he traveled around the world as a military brat, his father being a member of the U.S. Air Force. It was as a kid that he started DJing, and soon he was DJing as part of a rap group called Define. He ended up back in Boston, where he went to college and started doing a legal review job while DJing at the club's. He ended up quitting the job and going into EDM full-time. He started out as a remixer and then went on to release his own music. He's best known for remixing artists' songs with hip-hop, soul, and funk. He's also known for being a pioneer in speed garage music. Some of the artists who he's remixed include Janet Jackson, Faithless, and Daft Punk. His biggest remixed songs include Professional Widow by Tori Amos and Spin Spin Sugar by The Sneaker Pimps, which brought Speed Garage to the masses. His biggest solo hits include My 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 with Tara McDonald. Armand has been nominated for 11 International Dance Music Awards, winning five. He's also been nominated for two Grammy Awards, three MTV Video Music Awards, and four UK Music Video Awards. He's also made DJ Mag's Top 100 DJs list 12 times. Since 1994's song Witch Doctor, through to his recently announced reunion with A-Track to resurrect their project Duck Sauce, Armand continues to be a force in music production for his longevity in the EDM business and for helping to promote the garage music genre we induct Armand Van Helden into our EDM Hall of Fame Time for some reviews, and right off the top, you should know that all five albums this week are not only worth playlisting or streaming, they're actually all worth buying. First, the legendary icon Mr. Paul McCartney has the third in his McCartney series out. McCartney came out with McCartney 1 after the breakup of The Beatles. McCartney 2 came out after the breakup of his band Wings. The third one, McCartney 3, comes out after the breakup of Society, so to speak, or at least that's kind of how it feels these days. The 11 songs on here prove once again why Paul is one of the greatest songwriters ever in the history of pop music, and considering that it was done completely during COVID lockdowns, It's extremely solid. Then again, it's Paul McCartney, so you'd kind of expect it to be pretty solid. Eminem is back with a surprise drop. Music to be murdered by Side B has 16 new songs and skits, plus the original 20 songs from the original murder album that dropped earlier this year. Skylar Gray, DJ Premier, Dr. Dre, Sly Piper, Ty Dolla $ign, MAG, and White Gold are all over this album. The Apple Music version gives you both murder albums in one, which is kind of nice. M and Slim Shady do battle on these lyrics, going from the cutting take-no-prisoners-politically-incorrect Slim Shady to the downright apologetic M who shows up on the song Zeus to tell Rihanna that he was wrong to take Chris Brown's side way back when. It's an interesting battle between the two personas that is absolutely worth listening to. Tiana Major 9 has an incredible album called Back at Sixes and Sevens. There's 15 R&B songs, but six of them are acoustic versions of other songs on the album, so really it's nine songs, with six of them having been done twice. Tiana's vocals are perfect for the thoughtful, smooth R&B songs, and songwriting is absolutely perfect on it. If you love her's music, then I would definitely check out Tiana. Sturgill Simpson has another of his Cut and Grass series out. Cut and Grass Volume 2 is 12 bluegrass versions of Sturgill's catalog, and is just as good as Volume 1, which only dropped a couple of months ago. Personally, I would pick up both volumes. And Pixar has a new movie out called Soul, which has Daveed Diggs in it. The original soundtrack has 42 quick songs performed by John Baptiste, who is the band leader on the Late Show with Stephen Colbert TV show, along with songs by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, a.k.a. the two main forces behind Nine Inch Nails. The Baptiste songs are great jazz tracks and show just how talented both he and his band are while the Trent and Atticus cuts show yet again why they won the Academy Award for the Social Network soundtrack. I wish that they would separate out the album and actually give two soundtracks, one for Trent and Atticus's stuff and one for John and the band. Either way, this is an amazing soundtrack. Not sure about the movie, but at least the music is good. It is time to do some charts for the week. Let's start off, as always, with Billboard. Top album. I should just say straight off the bat that you're going to hear Taylor Swift's name an awful lot on this week's charts, regardless of whether it's Billboard or not. With all that said, here we go. Top album, Taylor Swift. Evermore. Top single, Taylor Swift. Willow. Top artist. You guessed it. Taylor Swift. Top social media artist, BTS. Top streaming song, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. Top radio song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top digital sales song, Taylor Swift's Willow. Top sales album and current sales album, Taylor Swift's Evermore. Top catalog sales album, Michael Buble's Christmas, top independent album, Bad Bunny, El Ultimo Tour del Mundo, top vinyl album, Taylor Swift's Folklore. Top pop song, Ariana Grande's Positions, adult contemporary song, Megan Trainor and Seth MacFarlane's White Christmas, top adult pop song, Ava Max's Kings and Queens, on the country charts. Top country album, Carrie Underwood's My Gift. Top country song, Gabby Barrett's I Hope. Top country streaming song, Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree. And the top country digital sales song is Nelly with Florida Georgia Line, Little Bit. On the rock charts, top rock song, Taylor Swift's Willow. Top rock album, Miley Cyrus's Plastic Hearts. Top rock streaming song, Chuck Berry's Run Rudolph Run. Top rock digital sales song, AJR's Bang. Top mainstream rock song, The Foo Fighters, Shame, Shame. Top hard rock album, Queen's Greatest Hits. Top hard rock song, ACDC Shot in the Dark. Top hard rock streaming song and hard rock digital sales song is Trans-Siberian Orchestra's Christmas Eve, Sarajevo 1224. On the alternative charts, top alternative song, Taylor Swift's Willow, which also happens to be the top alternative streaming song and the top alternative digital sales song. Top alternative album is Taylor Swift's Evermore and top adult alternative song is Camp's Officer of Love. On the rap charts, top rap song, 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Top rap album, Kid Cudi. With Man on the Moon 3 The Chosen. Top Rap Streaming Song is also Kid Cootie, it's Tequila Shots. Top Rap Digital sales Song is Megan The Stallion with Body. On the RB charts, top RB song is Chris Brown and Young Thugs Go Crazy, that also happens to be the top adult RB song. Top RB album is Nat King Cole's The Christmas Song. Top R&B streaming song is the Ronette Sleigh Ride, and The Weeknd's Blinding Lights is the top R&B digital sales song. Top mainstream R&B rap song is Janae Aoki, or Aiko, I should say, not Aoki. It's Aiko and Her with BS. Globally, the top song is, as you would expect at this time of year, Mariah Carey with All I Want for Christmas is You. However, if you exclude the United States, then the top global song is BTS's Dynamite. On the Latin charts, Bad Bunny and Jay Cortez's "Dakiti" is the top Latin song. Top Latin album is Bad Bunny's El Ultimo Tour del Mundo. And the top Latin streaming song and top Latin digital sales song is Jose Feliciano's Feliz Navidad. Selena's one remains the top Latin pop album. Otherwise, top Canadian song, Taylor Swift's Willow, top Canadian album, Taylor Swift's Evermore, top Canadian digital sales song, Taylor Swift's Willow. I told you she was going to be on this thing nonstop. Top song in Japan is Sakura Zaka 46 with nobody's fault. Top K-pop song in South Korea itself BTS's Dynamite. Top UK song Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You. Top UK album Taylor Swift's Evermore. Top UK digital sales song Rock Choir featuring the Rock Choir members with the Keep a Dream Keep the Dream Alive. I think that's a charity song if I'm not mistaken. Also the top Euro digital sales song for yet another week is Master KG Burn a Boy and Imsebu Zakoti with Jerusalem. On the holiday charts, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You is the top holiday song, the top holiday streaming song, and the top holiday digital sales song. The top holiday album, Michael Buble's Christmas. As always, the EDM charts aren't done here. We do those on the EDM podcast. That drops every Tuesday at 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 4 a.m. Chicago, 2 a.m. L.A., 10 P, or 10 a.m., I should say, in London, 11 a.m. in Paris, high noon in Moscow, and 7 p.m. in Hong Kong. Actually, Tokyo. Take that back. Tokyo, not Hong Kong. Onward. Apple's charts. Top album, Eminem. Music to be murdered by Side B. That would be the surprise drop album. And the top single, Mariah Carey, of course, All I Want for Christmas is You. That also happens to be Spotify's top global streaming song. Otherwise, in America, the top streaming song is Brenda Lee's Rockin' Around the Christmas Tree, while in the UK, it's Wham! with Last Christmas. On the YouTube charts, most of them stay the same with a question of a couple of them, actually. Or with the exception, I should say. YouTube America, top song and top music video for yet another week is the same song. Future and Drake's Life is Good. Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas is You is the top song in the UK. However, Wham's Last Christmas is the top music video in the UK. Top global song for another week is Renuka Panwar with 52 Agaj Ka Daiman. Meanwhile, YouTube's global top music video is Carol G with Bichota. On the hitsdailydouble.com top album, oh, three guesses, it's Taylor Swift, Evermore. Good thing that wasn't a drinking game because if it was... Wow, you would have been drunk by the end of Billboard. In any event, the top streaming song as far as revenue goes uh, Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You. This week it made $143,720 US, weekly sales revenue $6,681, and streaming revenue of $137,039. Compared to last week when it was number one, it actually made $20,000 more this week. And all of that was basically in streaming revenue. That was where the increase came from. Otherwise, they only made $500 more in sales revenue. On Shazam, the top U.S. single is 24 Karat Golden and Ian Dior's Mood. Meanwhile, in the U.K., the top Shazam single is Becky Hill's Forever Young. BBC One Radio, Disclosure and Kelis, Watch Your Step is the top single, while Jess Glynn's This Christmas is the top single on BBC Two Radio. Rolling Stone Magazine, the top song is Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas Is You with 34.7 million streams. Taylor Swift's Evermore is the top album. Top streamed artist, Taylor Swift, with 294.3 million streams this past week. That's a lot of streams. Wow. Top trending song for Rolling Stone Magazine is for another week for King and Country, Do You Hear What I Hear. As far as new releases go, there are not a whole lot. For obvious reasons, it's the end of the year. However, on Christmas Day, two artists dropped surprise albums. The first was Kanye West, who dropped a gospel album called Emmanuel. Meanwhile, the long, long, long long-awaited debut from Playboy Cardi dropped on Christmas Day. A Whole Lot of Red is the name of that one. Early reviews, just so you know, although I don't review anything that says the N-word 50,000 times, but early reviews from other reviewers say that the album is... meh, not the greatest, after all that. That could also just be because everybody was so hyped for it to finally drop, and when it did, it kind of ended up like Cyberpunk 2077, crash and burn. Meanwhile, this coming Friday, New Year's Day, the only one that has been officially announced as of right now is the Dirty Nil with Fuck Art. That's the name of it. Don't go blaming me. There may, I suspect, be another album that drops. There has been talk lately that a certain member of the Bayhive the Queen Bee herself might actually drop something because a lot of people have been wondering what she's been up to. So rumor, quote-unquote, rumor has it that there may be something new coming from her on New Year's Day. I tend to doubt that rumor, but I put it out there just because other people have said it. So there you go. That is it for Music History Today, the weekly edition podcast number 190. For more music podcasts, check us out on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, CastBox, Spotify, TuneIn, Podbean, Hubhopper, OnlyFans, and Patreon, all under Music History Today. Audio engineering and editing, video editing, writing, narration, catering, basically everything is done by yours truly. You can find us on our website at cjbtproductions.com. Our podcast is on all of your favorite podcast providers, such as Apple Music, Google Podcasts, CastBox, etc., etc. Look for them all under Music History Today when you search for us there. If you would like to support this podcast... Our paid OnlyFans can be found at OnlyFans.com backslash Music Today, and our Patreon can be found at Patreon.com backslash Music Today. We are also on Twitter at Music Day, and you can find us on YouTube and Spotify. Just search for us under Music History Today. Thanks for listening.